Hello and welcome to the True North Canadian Football Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at JimmyLeachCFL. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TaylorCurrySK. And I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington and on Twitter at CJK underscore Carter. You can listen to the pod on SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can find us on social media at True North CF Pod on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and True North Canadian Football Podcast on Facebook. So let's jump into some CFL news. Some of you. If you didn't listen to the show, would have been surprised when Edmonton plays against the Bombers this week. Uh, Trevor Harris has been benched and confirmed not injured. He has just been benched in favor of Taylor Cornelius. What do we think? Well, that's uh, it's going to be a shot to the ego a bit. Not that Trevor Harris really seems like he has one, but uh, yeah, that's uh, it's rough for him. But his his ball game has not been looking good lately, and. Edmonton has to do something to turn it around. So, uh, let's yeah, we're gonna see what happens. I don't think he's the answer this week, but uh, well, yeah, we'll see what happens. How bad of an organization do you have to be to make Trevor Harris right now look like he's ready to retire? No doubt. <laughs> like yeah. no doubt. Come on, man. It, well, it's been revealed the it's been kind of seed behind the curtain. I guess you would say is Edmonton is been a bit of a dumpster fire these last couple of weeks with what's been coming out so yeah on and like, off the field exactly yeah. yeah it's 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 easy to ignore like it's easy to ignore bad press from the office side if your team is just winning consistently but like like i i will say if kenny lawler played for the elks this season that issue probably would have been a lot bigger in the news then again it probably would have been dealt with differently as well sure. but anyway um it's just so disappointing, and like, hopefully, um, hopefully, Harris isn't done. I doubt he is, but um, no, I'm. It's it's unfortunate, but you desperate times, right? Yeah, I can't really blame him for the loss that they faced against Winnipeg. I don't think that was entirely on him, but at the same time, you clearly got to do something, right? So, a lot of times. What the coaches will do right before they get fired is they'll switch up the quarterback, try to save their job, and hope it works. But I guess we'll <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> and then we have it here that Jake Mayer entered protocol. It is confirmed now that he has tested positive for COVID-19. So he's away from the team for, I believe, it's 10 days. So that yeah. leaves Canadian QB Michael O'Connor as their backup. EA is now on the six-game injured list, so that leaves Matthew Schiltz to be the starter for that team. Whitehead had two broken fingers. Elks signed Martin Bedard. And then the Owls signed quarterback Quentin Dormady out of Central Michigan and CFL veteran safety Jermaine Gabriel. EA wears Habs jersey to support Carey Price. Um, Price recently entered the NHL's player assistant program, which was established to help players and their families seek help for substance abuse, mental health, and or therapy. I believe in this case it's mental health, so we wish Carrie Price the best. Uh, CFL Thanksgiving game had more viewers than the NFL, 
So, congrats, CFL fans. We beat the NFL on Monday. Is there... In Canada. Yep. And then Anthony Aquera scored his first career touchdown for the Texans. Both he time. drafted by the Riders a couple years ago, so congrats to him. And then let's jump to the games. So our first game we're going to cover is Winnipeg absolutely trounced over the Elks, 30-3. to So what was the worst issue for the Elks this game? Non-existent offense or undisciplined special teams? Well, I mean, both bit them in the butt in different ways, but uh, that offense not doing anything. Like James Wilder being held to under 50 yards, Trevor Harris can't even get to 100 yards in in the amount of time he played. Like, that defense was just not letting them move a muscle. So, yeah, I think that you can't score points like that. You're you're not going to win any games. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's just ridiculous watching the offense play. They can't perform right now. Like, I don't even know what else to say. It's like... True. Uh, sorry. Um, sorry, I got a text I had to respond to. But anyway, um, watching this team's offense, it's so unfortunate. Like, you can have all the... Spe- like, you can have special teams issues and you'll be fine. Look at the Bombers. Like, that's the whole... Like, they're a yeah. stock in the league in terms of their special teams right now. But they are the, like, top cream of the crop in the league as well just because they're so good anywhere else. Like, this league does not... Um, like you can make up for special teams, you can't make up for a bad offense. To a degree, that's true. I would say with Edmonton at one point in this game, their average starting position was the 17 yard line. Where as for Winnipeg, it was their 40 or it was their 46. So there's a clear difference in field position there, and that game is a result of some stupid penalties by Edmonton on their special teams. And so I think that's going to hurt you regardless of how good or bad your offense is. And yeah, the offense really didn't do much to bail them out. But I mean, when the team's always, you know, behind the 20, it kind of allows you to pin back a little bit more. So yeah, I I don't know. The fault goes all around for me. And then let's talk about Winnipeg's adventurous field goal kick in. Mike O'Shea confirmed that Ali Mortada uh, will be kicking for them next week. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's just, we were talking about this before the sh- like before we started recording, but it's just, in general, in the NFL and CFL, it's just been a weird year for kickers so far. Like, there was a Sunday where 11 extra points were missed in the NFL, and uh, I just think back to like even Brett Lowther's missed a couple of odd ones. And uh, yeah, like there's just been a lot of inconsistency. So uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's quite adventurous. Like you say, <laughs> for sure. I mean, again, talking about how good Winnipeg has been recently, it's just, it shows how strong that they are, like how confident they are in the rest of the team that they have like this kicker who is severely underperforming. And they're like, you know what? Nah. You got this. Keep going. Like a lot of teams right now, if their kicking game was bad, that could be the difference between them possibly hosting a playoff game and maybe even not making the playoffs at all. You know? Yeah. So, um, it just every time, even when I see something bad come out of the bombers like this, it's just like it always loops around, and it's just like they've been playing so good. 
that it's like they're allowed to get away with this stuff until the time where they don't. And that's going to be really scary, especially if it's like if it's a one possession game going into a playoff game, like towards the end of it, I'm going to be freaking out the whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. For like, sure. Yeah. For me, uh, I hope they eventually go back to Legio sooner rather than later, just because he's a guy that has such high pedigree and definitely, I think, can perform better than he showed and is definitely better than Mortada. But I guess for now, we'll have to wait and. Of all the new kickers, I'm surprised that Montreal's, I believe it's David Cote out of Laval, was the best by far of the newcomers this year. That would, I think that's a bit of a shocker. And then, are the poor coaching decisions by the Elks in this game excusable? Uh, well, I mean, just as a team, everything's, it doesn't really seem excusable right now with that team they have on paper. And, uh, yeah, just improper play calls, and uh, you know they're they're stuck down in their goal line constantly, and yeah, like it just it's such a bad performance, and yeah, it. I mean, it starts with coaching too. Like it's they're not calling the right plays for these guys to be successful. You're fired. You're not yeah. allowed to talk bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the Edmonton Elks are reaching out to me, Taylor. I'm sorry, but you yeah. gotta go. Oh. <laughs> Sutherland's reach. Oh, I didn't know yep. we got this far. You got the podcast. He, he bro. just he sent me the, the email. I'm so sorry, Taylor. <laughs> bro, two dollars, bro. You're out. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's so ridiculous. Like, what? What can you even? Say? I don't even know how to comment yeah. on their coaching. Like three points. And I like, know. It's like. I get Winnipeg's defense can be stifling. I mean, they've only let in two passing touchdowns all year, but three points? Yeah. You're like... telling me Ali Mortada alone could have beat this team? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Think about that. Think about how bad the kicking game has been, but his points alone would have beaten the entire Edmonton <laughs> offense. Yeah, that's Bro. a statement right there. Yeah, that's a little bit wild, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think Edmonton's just coming undone at the seams here, and this season is basically a write-off for them now. And then, in a bit of a thriller of a game, Calgary once again beat the Riders 22-19 at Mosaic. So, is the Riders' offense starting to become a concern? Uh, As a Rider fan, 100%. (laughs) Um our O-line is uh, looking a bit rough right now. Uh, Cody is getting pressured way too much. William Powell can't get consistent with his runs, and it's not necessarily their fault. Cody does not have enough time back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the receivers, though, have dropped a couple key balls also. So, yeah, there's been a lot of inconsistencies on offense. And, you know, our penalty problems haven't been on offense necessarily. It's been more defense and special teams, so I'm not going to say that. But, yeah, it's just... The inconsistencies of the drops and the missed, the missed, uh, missed block. Sorry, for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's mind blowing. Just like you gotta let Fajardo work. You gotta give him the time to let him work. That's uh, it's so unfortunate to watch. Like, cause you know you saw he was special. He was insane last year, and just it, he doesn't look the same. And I don't think that's his fault this year. Just everything around him looks to be crumbling slowly, and it's so unfortunate for somebody who's really coming into the, like, sort of like, you know, this could become Fajardo's league. 
if he had the right supporting cast. It just doesn't look like they have it. A hundred percent for me. Some people will blame that all oh, the receivers or whatever and the running game, but it's amazing what happens when you can fix your O lines. Uh, everything starts to kind of open up, and I think that's what's going on here. The Riders are bringing out guys who were, you know, like the third string or backup guys going into the year as they're starting offensive line now. And you're just starting to see kind of why that's a problem. Sometimes they've held up and been okay in other games they've struggled. And especially where tackle is concerned, I think it's just a huge issue for them right now and something they seriously need to look at going and finding some guys off the street or by trade to help remedy this situation. And then, given that Calgary's beat Saskatchewan twice, where are they going to finish in the standings? Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be really tight in uh, in the West for sure. Like, uh, I was just kind of looking at the standings here, and I, I, I mean, as a Ryder fan, I'm hoping we keep second, but I see Calgary sneaking into third, and uh, making that a really tough game, uh, in Mosaic Place for that West semifinal. Like, that would be a tough one. So I think they finish third. I think BC drops off a bit. Sorry, uh. Like they just, you can't have no run game going into the playoffs and stuff, and they're going to start heading that way. Uh, Their defense has a couple holes, and uh, Lucky Whitehead's out, so that's like your number one target. Hopefully, that means other guys get the ball, but uh, yeah, I just see like Calgary's kind of on the way up, whereas BC isn't on the way up at the moment. So yeah, it's it's really unfortunate looking at it because it's honestly, um, there's two teams that don't deserve to make the playoffs. Everybody else, at least, well, actually, now that I look at it, there's more like there's three teams that really do deserve to make the playoffs right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and Toronto. Yeah. Um, not in that order, by the way, but anyway. Yeah. Um, if I were to say, because like, the only thing that pushes me to think BC might have it is just because they've got an extra game in hand. Like, so have these guys met before this season? Have they gone head-to-head? I am not sure. Calgary and BC? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will find out very quickly here. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm doing a scroll. All right. Ottawa, yeah, no, I no. don't think they have. No, this is the first one, and then they go oh, again no, November they played, 12th. They oh. played week three, and BC won 15-9. to nine. All right, well, there you go. And that was week, with... Wait, uh, what, week three? Yeah, week three. Uh, are you looking at the right year? BC beat Ed, or BC lost to Edmonton that week. I am going to check CFL.ca and looking. we'll see who's yeah, right. Yeah, that's where I'm on. No, you're on week two, BC beat Calgary. Oh, week two, sorry. Yeah, I apologize. Oh, week yeah. Two. Um, uh, okay, yeah, week two. They but did. It's, so BC yeah, has oh, a game in hand on them already. Ooh, that's when Bo Levi threw his four picks in one game. Oh, yeah. He was injured. That, like, well, he no did one... have a broken leg, though. Yeah. No yeah, that was. Yeah. That was the broken but, leg uh, game. I mean, that's a, that's a, still, I mean, low scoring game, high defensive game. Like, wow. Yeah. But for Who's me, deep? oh, man. Mm, I'm just thinking, know. where would I put Calgary? It's just so tough because it's it's like you have to imagine that the crossover doesn't come into effect this year. Yeah. Because of just like Hamilton and Montreal are seemingly doing like good 
to like hold on, you know? Yeah, like they're they're gonna hold on, I think. Because and... because uh, remember, uh, tiebreakers don't count for crossovers. It always favors the division, like the team that's from the division. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's some good. Te- there's gonna be one good team for sure that's gonna miss this year, and that sucks. Usually it's the other way around. Usually there's one team that's kind of bad that makes it, but. Yeah, one good team's gonna miss, and it's gonna be BC or Calgary, and I am not sure which one it's gonna be, because honestly, I like both teams. So, if I had to pick right now, I'm just gonna say BC, because they've been more consistent throughout the season, whereas Calgary has had its ups and downs. So, I'm leaning towards BC, but I'm not discounting Calgary yet. It's just tough because I don't know if Lucky Whitehead's going to get back in time to make an impact on the standings. Like, if yeah. BC can get to the playoffs, then he's going to obviously have an impact in the playoffs. I just don't know if we'll, uh, if Whitehead's going to be able to get back before that point, and they might be too far gone. Yeah, because if Calgary starts rolling, and let's say Sask wins another one or two, and BC loses one or two in the row, then, then yeah, you're down that much more. Yeah. And you have that much more ground to gain in way less time. Yeah, this I mean, battle's going to... Is- Close, the I good think. news if you're BC is that if you win, you basically lock them away because you're two games up with a game in hand. Hmm. And then let's move on to our next question. So, would you take Bo Levi or Cody to start for your team right now? Ooh, see, that's I actually put that question in. I didn't. I should have thought about it a little more today, but I would just, just think. I'll yeah, start. you start it. Yeah, you start Because for me, this is a much simpler debate than, than I think it is for you. For me, I'm going Cody Fajardo all day. Like, Fair I enough. Just, I feel like right now he is not the issue with why that team is not performing right now, where I feel like Bo Levi Mitchell is the guy who's going to make or break the stamps. Yeah. That's, and like, I, yeah. Don't, I don't know. I just feel like consistently... Fajardo's played better. True. And I'm, I'm factoring money and age into it, too. One guy is significantly cheaper than the other. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, that's that'll be interesting to see how they... Because like, Bo Levi was getting paid pretty good at the start of the season, so it's going to be interesting to see how his contract changes. For sure. So let's jump to Ottawa versus Montreal. Uh, Montreal beat Ottawa 20-16. to 16. So we got to ask now that Ottawa has made their quarterback change and we've had a couple weeks here. Is Ottawa finally a competitive team? Well, they I think they can make it interesting, but they're they're still they're not quite there to be like uh in the talks. I mean, they're still in the bottom of the standings for the East and it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs. So uh, like they got a lot of work to do, but they have had some positives come out of this uh, this sad season so far. So that's that's something to focus on and uh, really try to build around going into next year. I will say that they are, while they're still below average, they are not bottom of the barrel, easy win, like sleep on them the entire week leading up to the game, right? That's yeah. what they were at the beginning of the season up to like a couple weeks ago. Now it's like when you see Ottawa on the schedule, they will beat you if you don't prepare. If you prepare, you're probably going to get the job done. But if you go in there expecting an easy win, they're going to steal two points off you. True. Yeah, absolutely. For me, it's amazing what 
a quarterback change can do for a team because this offense looks great now. And you look at, they finally got a running back now in DeLance Turner, it looks like. So you have capable quarterback and you have a run game now. And that defense, uh, for the most part, is pretty average. They give up the big play a little bit too much. But other than that, I think they're pretty good. So, yeah, this you can't write off Ottawa anymore. This is not the same team that I thought was going to win two games this year, that's for sure. And then, has uh, MBT... Oh, wait, why is this in the Ottawa-Montreal one? Okay, this I'm going to get rid of that one. I'm not, sure. I'm not sure why there's an MBT question in this one. I apologize. Sorry, so, you just got some MBT fans in here. Yeah. Does, yep. Does Montreal have a fighting chance without Vernon Adams now that he's on the sixth game? Uh, well, like I, I think they can still be competitive uh, with the season, but if you don't have Vernon Adams as your quarterback – it's going to be a lot tougher to win the Grey Cup if that's the road you're like. That's the road they're going down. So uh, I'm going to say no. They they don't have like they don't have a chance to win the Grey Cup. I don't think, but they can still have a good season. Yeah, no. Vernon Adams is the piece that they need to win the Grey Cup. It's it's Vernon Adams is to Montreal, um, like is what Cody Fajardo is to Saskatchewan, possibly even to a bigger extent. For sure. And I'm kind of in the same mind here. I think they can hold on to that playoff spot, but I don't think they're going to go anywhere with uh, Schultz as the starter. I think they're a, I think they're a semifinal bow out. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. You should say blowout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then, so this would have been, by that measure, a, I guess, East final preview. Toronto. Defeated Hamilton 24 to 23. So, given what you saw, is Mazzoli back? Uh, you know, and is he the starter next year as of now? Uh, well, <clears throat> sorry, I think Mazzoli had a, like, he had a decent game. Uh, you know, he did, th- like, he threw for over 300 yards, no picks, which is really good, like, no turnovers. Uh, so, like I like me personally going forward with everything going on this year. If he stays healthy for the rest of the year, he's got to be your guy going forward. Dane Evans didn't play bad, but he wasn't consistent enough. And I mean, David Watford's not a starter, so I think he's your best shot right now out of the three of them. Uh, who's the best shot? Sorry, Jeremiah Mazzoli. Okay. Um, as of right now, I like having Mazzoli in, but. If you if you're keeping Jeremiah Mazzoli, you have to let Dane Evans walk eventually, and I don't like letting Dane Evans walk. Like it seems like, you know, I just think he didn't get the fair shake that he really deserved, and yet injuries suck. But like even after that, I don't know. I feel like he could definitely like if. Uh, dude, I just don't know. Like for this year, yes. For future years, I want to say no. Hey, I just want to add a kind of a second point to this. Uh, like, do we know when the trade deadline is this year? Uh, yes, it was announced. Let me go find it. Just while you're finding it. I'm just curious because, like, if you're Hamilton, are you kind of th- like, you're? they're both free agents next year. It's so October either... 27th, by the way. Okay. Nice. So 
But do you trade? Let's say okay. Let's say you roll with Mazzoli. Do you trade Dane Evans then before the deadline because you're going to lose in the free agency anyways? Get something out of it at least. I don't know who you like, trade him to right now. Ottawa. One. You could trade like it could be any team going into the playoffs that needs a good solid backup quarterback. Like Calgary, let's say if Jake Mayer, let's say something happens with COVID or he gets hurt, or even Winnipeg could sign like as a backup to Zach Caleros. I'm not like, uh, I don't know, but like, do you try to go after him now to get something for him? You know what I mean? Hmm. I'm not sure. I think Ottawa, if they had kept rolling with Nichols and Davis, I think they definitely might have, but I don't really see them doing that now. Yeah, fair enough. Mm -hmm. And then, sorry, next question. Can Hamilton recover and be the team everyone thought they would be? Uh, oof. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like they're going to be that team this year. They're under 500. Brandon Banks isn't the top receiver in the league. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't look like they have it this year for sure. I don't think so. Art, are you there? Um, yeah, there. Sorry, sorry. Um, um, for like, can they recover this year or in yeah. future years? Can they recover this year? Nope. I don't think so. I think this. Uh, I think the East is firmly in the grip of Toronto. Fair um, enough. Yeah, I just don't see them dropping off at this point. Oh man, I'm not sure. I think they can. They're not oh. going to be that two loss team that everyone thought they were going to be, but I think they're going to surprise some people down the stretch well. for sure. <clears throat> And well, now that I'm kind of thinking of it, like if Vernon Adams is out and they start losing, like they still have the same amount of points as Montreal. So, like, they could take second place pretty quick. Mm -hmm. They probably will. And then let's see who else. Their last one here. So, if you are Toronto, do you let John White go this year and make Foster the full time starter? That's uh, an interesting one. Yeah, um, if I'm Toronto, I'm rolling with DJ Foster the rest of the year. He didn't have, like, what well, I just looked at the stats. He only had seven rushing yards uh, in the game, but he had 41 receiving yards. So, uh, yeah, like, he just seems to be more electric. I know John White's hurt right now, but uh, when John White was in, he had a couple big plays, but just wasn't consistent, and it seems to be a lot more consistent with DJ Foster. So I'd roll with him and I, if I was Toronto. Yeah, no, I want DJ Foster 100%. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? He's probably going to be like he's probably going to be cheaper even after this year than John White would be. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I I don't know why you like there's no way that you don't have DJ Foster as your main running back going forward. Agreed. I just I think you just let uh John White deal with whatever he's dealing with right now and kind of just let him sit on the injured list and let DJ Foster do his thing because he looks significantly better than John White this year. So on to our power rankings. At number one, I have Winnipeg. I have Toronto number two, Hamilton three, Calgary four, Sask in fifth, DC sixth, Montreal seventh, Ottawa eighth, and Edmonton in the basement. Yeah, where they belong right now. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got uh, Winnipeg 1, Toronto 2, Montreal 3, Calgary 4, Saskatchewan 5. Uh, quite a drop for them. BC 6, Hamilton 7, Ottawa 8, and Edmonton in the dumpster at 9. I've got Winnipeg number 1, Toronto number 2. I got Calgary in 3rd, Sask in 4th. Hamilton 5th, BC 6th, Montreal 7th, Ottawa 8th, and Edmonton, obviously, 9th. There we go. So, on to CFL Fantasy. Best positional options. I'm not going to say the amounts this week, just because I think it takes too long. So Cool. It's all well, good. We're still going by order of most expensive, though. So, for people who are wondering, there you go. It, but that doesn't matter, because both these quarterbacks are five grand. Taylor Cornelius and Caleb Evans are my two Uh, positional options at QB. I'm going to throw in uh, Matthew Schiltz in there. He's only eight grand, so uh, he plays Ottawa this week, and uh, he should do all right with that team. Well, I hope so, at least. That's my quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, that's who I've got as well. Uh, I'm rocking with Caleb Evans again, so we'll, we'll see about that. And then... For running back, I have jumped on the Kadeem Carey train. I've got Cameron Artis-Payne of Montreal, Jack Cooper, and Trey Lance Turner. Anybody else that should be in there? Uh, I think he like receivers are kind of getting tough, and it's tough oh, to get a really back, big game. Yeah. yeah, so no, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I went big this week and went Andrew Harris at eleven grand Ooh, because I really? just think he, yeah, I think he's worth it just because. With the receivers, it's kind of really hit and miss, but with the running backs, it's pretty consistent. And James Wilder's going up against Winnipeg, so I don't think he does good there. Kadeem Carey is a good pick, but uh, yeah, I think Andrew Harris could have a really good game against Edmonton. Uh, I've, I, I didn't want to go with uh, Andrew Harris, though. I felt he was like way too pricey. Same. Like I don't know, he's he's always a consistent get. Like he's gonna get you high numbers, but it's just does the value justify the cost? And this exactly. week it doesn't for me. Fair enough. So let's jump to receiver. I've got Nick Dembski, Josh Huff, BJ Cunningham, Javon Gatoy slash De- Lamar Durant. That one depends. Uh, Ryan Davis, and then Rashid Bailey. Uh, yeah, I just got Darvin Adams on my list too for six grand. Uh, I I got Nick Dembski, and then my other wide receivers, uh, I've got Mike Jones and Nate Bahar. Nice. I've got Rashid Bailey and Nick Dembski, so there you go. And then defense slash special teams, there are two good options this week if you can afford it. Winnipeg has gotten 20 points the last two times they've played Edmonton. And then Montreal, uh... Caleb Evans, even though he's the quarterback I'm going with, I, I know he's probably going to throw an interception and make a handful of rookie mistakes. So <laughs> if, you, if you're looking for a cheaper defense, Montreal is the way to go there. And then for value picks, I've got Shy Ross, uh, who's kind of up and down with Edmonton, so he's a bit riskier. And then Keon Hatcher is going to be filling in for lucky whitehead and they've been really working him in the last couple weeks anyway so he's a really good value pick if you're looking for somebody and then let's jump into our locks so for me i have nick Dembski, who's been a picture of consistent last couple weeks which is what i like to see so he is my lock for this week against the struggling elks team 
Yeah, good pick. Uh, I got Andrew, <clears throat> I got Andrew Harris as my lock this week. Uh, just going against a weak Edmonton team. I don't think he's going to – well, I hope he does, but uh, if he can have another two-touchdown game, that'd be great. But I still think he's going to have a really good game against them. I am so heated that you took Nick Dembski, bro. But I'm going with a, I'm going with the Bomber D. Like you said, they've uh, they've been really consistent against Edmonton, and I don't see that changing. Fair enough. So let's do our pick them. I'm still below 500, but I'm getting there. I'm 15 and 17, so I'm still better than most of the CFL experts, which is a good bar. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's go. So I have got Winnipeg beating the Elks. That should be obvious. Montreal beating Ottawa. And then I have Calgary rolling with the momentum and beating BC, who's coming off a bye week. Ooh. Well, that's, yeah, that's where we disagree this week. Uh, I got Winnipeg beating Edmonton, Montreal beating Ottawa, and BC beating Calgary. I think think BC's going to wake up a bit and uh, have a good game against them. See, here's where I really debated with that game. But anyway, I went Winnipeg, Montreal. Now that we're there, I really thought during this podcast if I should switch back and forth between, like, I do have BC. I was debating if I was going to switch. I don't think I'm going to. I'm going to stick with BC. The thing that broke the camel's back and was the deciding factor for me picking Calgary, statistically, teams are significantly worse coming off of bye weeks. So that's why I decided, okay, Calgary's looked good the last couple weeks. They're they're hot, they're rolling, and BC is coming off the bye, so they're going to be sloppy out of the gate. So that's why I've got Calgary beating BC. And then for our game time cues, will Winnipeg's defense continue to dominate the Elks, or will the Elks cook up something new for them? Uh, nope. It's uh, Taylor Cornelius, so there will be a couple interceptions and a whole bunch of sacks going around. Uh, it'll be a good night for the Winnipeg defense. That's what I'm hoping for, but uh, yeah, no, I don't see it being anything different from what we've already seen. Like The defense is going to show up. If they don't, it's going to be... I mean, honestly, I kind of like the idea of having some cold water thrown on them and sort of waking them up, but I feel like you know they, they're going to show up because they have to show up. Fair enough. And then let's go to Montreal versus Ottawa. Is this a statement game for Ottawa with Vernon Adams out? Uh, I, I don't think it is for Ottawa. I think it is more for Montreal to prove like that they can be the team that they were with Vernon Adams. So I'd swing it that way more. Mm. And then Carter, what do you think? Um, for, uh, sorry, my mind's been elsewhere for this entire recording. First of all, I want to <laughs> apologize to both of you. Um, so for statement game for Ottawa, I mean, if they win this, it's going to showcase to the rest of the league. Like, Montreal's not a small team to beat. Uh, you know, second in the East, really, like, you know, if they go on a bit of a run, they could take first, even though I don't see it. So being able to take a team out like that puts them right in the conversation, to be honest. They're only two points back of both Montreal and Hamilton. Like, they're staring down the gun of a playoff spot, and all they got to do is beat Montreal without Vernon Adams? Like, they could get this done. Yeah. For me, I don't see it, but it could. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a statement game 100% for Ottawa to prove that they're legit competitive, and they narrowly beat uh, 
Montreal last week, so I think if they can win this week, that's a huge statement game for them. And Calgary versus BC. Who has more to prove in this game, Calgary or BC? Uh, well, I think. Oh, that's a that's a good one. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with BC right now because uh, Calgary is kind of proving already that they're starting to get back to where they were, whereas BC has to prove that they can win without Lucky Whitehead because he has been their game breaker for almost every game they're in. So. Uh, yeah, that's I'm going more BC. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's like it's got to be BC based off of the way that they've been playing. Um, BC just it looks like it's the lucky whitehead show, and that's with the second best, if not the best, quarterback in the league. Like you know, Mike Riley should be able to take this and go. So, but we'll see. And I, I mean, it's questionable, but that's why they've got more to prove. For sure. For me, I think it's Calgary just because we've cemented BC as the third team in the West. So I feel like Calgary, they've looked good past two weeks. Can they back it up against BC? So I think they just have a little bit more to prove than BC does. And then let's jump into our COVID activities. For me, uh, it's going to be the show. Superstore, which is on Netflix. I have finished all five seasons on there and am streaming the sixth season, let's just say elsewhere, uh, to finish <laughs> it up. And it's it's an excellent show. I highly recommend it. I used to work in a Walmart, and it's ba- someone compared it to The Office, but in a Walmart. Uh, you're going to kill me for this, but I haven't seen The Office. So I, I would just say it's really funny. It's a really funny show about working in a big box store like that, and a lot of the jokes land really well, so I highly recommend it if you're looking for more of a lighthearted show to watch. Well, if you're looking to get confused, I recommend watching what I've been watching, uh, the X-Men franchise. Uh, it's all over the place. They're good. Like Some of them are really good movies, but... Uh... Like, people die, and then they come back in the next movie, and it's not explained in stuff, like Mystique, and, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's just, uh, like, they're good movies as standalone, but as a whole, it's kind of confusing. But, uh, yeah, great franchise. I'm just kind of waiting for Eternals to come out on November 5th, so I'm just biding my time. I'll probably is, go through some more Marvel stuff, and What If's over, so, you know, just a is sad, Eternals lonely a show or a movie? Movie. November movie, 5th. okay. Yeah. Cool. Wasn't That's sure if be. it was another one of those shows or not, but um, let me just say, um, oh man, there was something that I wanted to say about the, oh yeah, for the X-Men franchise, I love the meme of like, it's like, there's no cure because we don't need to be cured, says the lady who can create clouds to the woman who <laughs> kills everything she touches. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> love it. That's but, X-Men. But uh, for me, I've just been doing the classic. I've just been Minecraft and I've been looking for something to just sort of help, you know, chill. And that's been my game of choice right now. It's been really nice with the new update. They expanded the caves and all that. So it's really fun. Wait, Caves and Cliffs is out? Yeah. Oh, crap. I got to get on there. Fair enough. You do, bro. It's, it's, It's really fun. I haven't played Minecraft in a while, so that might be worth jumping in. Nah, it's definitely worth coming in. They got that new mob boss too. That uh, what's his name? I can't remember right now. 
Have you seen him yet? I have not. Oh, you, Carter? Uh, Which, sorry? Uh, In Minecraft, they got a new uh, boss. Oh, I haven't found it yet, no. Okay. All right, well, there you go. And then, Carter, I know you're a a bit of an FPS fan. Did you play any of the Battlefield beta? Wasn't able to, unfortunately. Oh, man. All right. You missed it, but that's okay. Uh, Didn't miss much. Anyway. That is going to conclude the show. Thank you very much for listening. Once again, you can find the podcast on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. You can find us on social media at True North CF Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and True North Canadian Football Podcast on Facebook. I have been your host, Jimmy Leach. This is the True North CFL Podcast signing off.